Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. This episode, we are going to talk about telehealth. As we know, during the pandemic, telehealth really blew up and took over. When telehealth initially began, it began more in rural areas as they were not able to get some providers out into those areas. So it was a way to bring specialists to those areas. It originally started over some statewide networks as broadband has reached out to more places. It became more used in other folks. But with the pandemic, it became okay to use anywhere. So part of the question is, now that we're coming out of the pandemic and telehealth is still an option, but offices are opening more and more, is telehealth always the best option? Yeah, and I think what some people may be deciding is, well, my doctor may stop offering telehealth, but I really like it. So am I going to switch doctors to someone who offers telehealth to continue receiving care in the way I've become accustomed to and enjoy, and it's, it's more convenient for my life? Positively and negatively, how is telehealth affecting your ability to achieve outcomes? You know, and and this is just my own experience. I was a big proponent of telehealth initially back in around 2015. The company that sponsors us, Elevation, um, did around 15,000 visits over telehealth. So out to rural communities, some to hospitals, other types of clinics, community mental health centers. And I saw that serving a very positive need because we were able to get providers to see patients that did not have that available in those locations. And I still see that as an ongoing need. There is a shortage of mental health providers still, and there's really a shortage of mental health providers in a lot of rural communities. We look at Nebraska, for example, you know, the Lincoln and Omaha area, which is almost two-thirds of the population in Nebraska, have plenty of providers. A lot of the rest of the state does not have enough mental health providers in those locations. So being able to reach those is very important. When you get down to the, the patient level, you know, there's some folks who have some mild cases of depression, anxiety, those things. They opt to engage in treatment because they are able to engage over telehealth. They might not ever have come in otherwise, so I think it has been able to broaden our reach. I believe some people who have more treatment-resistant issues, they really need to be seen at least part of the time on site. Then you have people who are on controlled substances. It really helps to see them at least part of the time on site, but the more engaged we can become with people. If they don't have that initial engagement with you face-to-face, sometimes it's a different engagement long-term. The easy answer that I think no one would argue with is if it's your only option, it's the best option, mm-hmm. right? So doing something for your health care is always better than doing nothing. The question becomes if you have the option for the alternative, how do you weigh the positive and negative? And, you know, our experiences with telehealth are different than a pure telehealth company. Our providers, and you see a lot of our patients in person and over telehealth. So it's more supplemental compared to someone who's only ever seen over telehealth. And what's always stuck out to me with telehealth is there's certain conditions, even in mental health, that you have to be able to see the physical symptoms, right? And I think that may be a gap that people don't always understand is well, if I'm dealing with depression or ADHD or anxiety, what's going on with me physically doesn't 
matter. My psychiatrist doesn't need to physically see me because I can describe everything that's happening. So how important is it for a, a professional to be able to physically see what's going on with not just the face and the brain, but the, the entire patient? Oh, it's very important. Be able to see what's going on with facial movements. There are certain movement disorders, being able to see what's going on with your arms, your legs, your feet. If you're fidgety, not fidgety, those types of things give a lot of information. They're nonverbal information, right? Nonverbal things that we look at in uh, helping to decide sort of maybe how anxious, how depressed you are. Because you might be saying over the, I'm fine, I'm not feeling depressed, and I'm looking at you, and which I can do over telehealth too, and your face is not having much expression, you're looking sad, you're not really taking care of yourself like you usually do. Those are all very important nonverbal cues to us of what's going on. You know, bringing it forward from the silent illnesses and how we portray silence. Equate it almost to how people handled working at home and on Zoom, right? I can make my upper half look professional, and I can be in my PJs and everything, and as long as I never stand up, nobody notices. And that's a conscious effort. I think that can also potentially happen over telehealth with providers, right? Well, I can, if I'm doing my iPhone and only going to show my face, well, I can make myself appear well put together and everything, and I'll, and I'll pick the room in the house that's picked up, or I'll do it in my car. I, I can more control what I'm going to, to show versus maybe being exposed. That is a case. You're in your own environment. You're able to control the environment where you choose to connect, right? And you can set up that environment versus going into the office setting where you don't have that much control in the environment. If you're anxious, it might be uncomfortable just walking into the office. And so where you might have some of that uncomfortable things that we see manifested physically in the office, we might not see that because you're in your comfortable zone. As long as you're in your own house, you're comfortable. You don't have to walk out that door, right? That's when you get really uncomfortable. Being able to connect partially at times in the office for some things are really, really important. And if we're dealing with somebody who's not able to go to work, they're needing to take time off work, doing not feeling well, they're not doing well in the family. It's very helpful to have them come into the office because you want them more engaged and you want to get them into therapy. We might have other types of treatments that want to get them into at that point in time. So moving forward in, in healthcare, I think it's now a given that telehealth is going to be involved in healthcare going forward. It's not going away. It was here before the pandemic. The pandemic might have accelerated its adoption, but it's here to stay. Oh, it definitely accelerated its adoption, and it's a good thing it did. I mean, a lot of us really believe in telehealth as one modality. I think the issue is when it comes the only modality, and it's pressed as that. There's really going to be different types of, not maybe just diagnoses, but different types of patients who do better and can be served over telehealth versus others who need to be come into office. And it might be a spectrum, yet some certain stages of your illness, you need to be seen more in the office, and at other stages, you're more seen over telehealth. And we know telehealth has exploded home health care. Hospital in the home environment is starting to gain some traction. It's really nice if we're able to serve people with certain conditions in the home. We might keep them out of 
assisted living facilities, nursing homes, if we're able to provide more care in that. So telehealth is a huge spectrum that's going through a lot of change right now. Giving access to care that historically wasn't possible, right? I think where a lot of people are going to be having to figure this out going forward is, should I incorporate telehealth into my care? How do I determine if I should? If we had someone coming in for the first time and saying, I think telehealth fits my lifestyle, or it's the convenience factor, the travel, the don't like to leave my house, whatever it is. Now, I have kids at home being able to just get away for 10 minutes versus an hour, all these things. And they're looking for really advice on should they be looking at telehealth? How does it fit in? How do we approach that conversation with the person who's looking for clarity on really how they should approach their treatment? I'm looking at that from where do I think things are? Are you pretty stable, not stable? Do I need to see you more often, but it's a two-hour drive to get here and I need to see you weekly? So some of those sessions might be a good mental health thing to see you over telehealth. I should be able to give you some guidance. However, if the only thing I ever do is telehealth, that's the only type of provider, that's the only thing my company does is telehealth, I can't really give you that option, can I? Because that's all I do. Right. Or if I'm someone who really has no access without traveling hours and hours, I don't have another option. And you might not. And then uh, we have to learn how to connect the best over telehealth during that time period. There's a lot of nuances to it. It's like anything. If you are connected with a group of provider who has more treatment modalities open to them, then you have options. If you go someplace that only has one treatment modality open, that's going to be the modality you get. What I'm interested in hearing is... If I'm looking at it from the patient experience, right, I see my provider, they ask me the same questions, I come out with the same med, so to me, nothing changes whether I'm in office or on telehealth. So from your perspective, what would you like for people to understand how your approach to their their treatment or how it affects your ability to, to provide the best care changes whether they're in person with you versus over telehealth, even if the outcome appears to be the same of what you decide. Well, and sometimes the outcome is the same. We know that. If I haven't changed a medicine, the outcome is the same. I might see a nuance in the office that I don't see over telehealth. I see you in a different environment. I see you walking down the hall. I see how you have interacted with several people, probably within the office. I see how your whole body is reacting while you're in the office. And we might go to more questions. A lot of times, sometimes over telehealth, people want to get off and go. They have other things going. They don't necessarily set aside a specific time frame. They're coming in and I got to get on at 1020. So over telehealth, a lot of times you're dealing with patients that have other things going on in their environment, whether it's the kids, the dog jumping up on their lap. It's not just them focused. When they come in the office, it's you, the patient there with me. Sometimes we're able to go more deeper, so I'm able to see more things. And I might see those nuances that allow us to say, oh, no, we need this added to the treatment. And I always like to try and give perspective on frequency. Because I think without it, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, but that only happens, that rarely ever happens, and it won't be me. So how often do you feel like seeing the, the person in in person affect what you do versus 
having no impact on on your decision making i think it depends on what we're talking about so you have somebody who's really really stable has always been very stable for several years they've been doing pretty well then maybe not seeing them in office as often and over telehealth is not as big a deal because i'm able to see if there's a change doing so well and all of a sudden you're not doing quite as well right but if somebody's really struggling i get a lot of information when you're in the office you're engaged more it's your time i mean you have your your space that you come it's it's your time you're not competing with a lot of other things in your environment and we're having to monitor things more closely, whether it's medications, other treatment modalities, and you're more actually probably more open to the, some of the other treatment modalities because you're coming into the office. It's sort of a spectrum of where you are, whether it's depression, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever is going on. Some of the kids with like autistic disorder, there's a lot of information you might miss over telehealth. Sometimes you have where the parent might want to engage more and talk for the patient. The kid does not want to talk over the screen or they talk over the screen and they're in and out, in and out, in and out. And the parent's giving you more of the information where you're not seeing all the interaction between the parent and child and what's going on with the child over on the side. You really need to rely to some degree on the experience of your provider and hopefully they have experience in office over telehealth and with a wide variety of folks. So taking that the flip side, I also would assume that there's things that telehealth tells you that you don't get in office. You might get to see aspects of their house, and they may see, they know I keep a perfectly clean house, and you get to see that, no, they hoard a lot, or you get to see the environment that you only ever get it be told about. Oh, yeah. Does the opposite also happen, where telehealth gives you information that changes what you're doing after maybe even years of having someone in person, your perspective of what they tell you versus what you see doesn't always align. And that changes how you approach things going forward. Yeah. So you might see an environment that never changes, you know, for the, maybe the negative, they're not able to keep up with the environment. But you also see things like this person has a dog that they engage very positively with. You see that it's a very supportive environment. And that dog is very important. You know, what's the dog's name? Tell me about them. So you have another way you're able to engage with the the person and that you have a common ground. So when you call them up and you're now able to say, you know, how's Fred the dog doing or or those types of things. And you're able to see how are they, they interacting with the kids? How are the kids interacting with them? When somebody walks in the room, how do they interact with that person who walks in the room? Is it a safe environment for them? Well, there's just a lot of information you can get from that that we don't get when somebody's in the office, right? So moving forward in healthcare, do you think that the standard and maybe most ideal approach to treatment is actually going to be a combination of in-person and telehealth with a consistent provider? Of course, if you're doing telehealth with one provider and in-person with another, that you're probably not getting the same benefit. But is seeing both them in their environment and them in the office environment going to give the best complete picture to providers to get the best outcomes? For a large majority of of folks, depending, again, where they are in the acute phase of their illness or maintenance phase, the more information you have as anybody, the better off you're able to deliver care for somebody, right? 
So and you want whatever you're doing. We know that just people filling medicines, we're not great if something's prescribed, continuing to refill it, right? It gives you more information into that. I think we'll talk about that further as we go along. Thank you for joining this episode of the Mental Health Commute.